Hello and welcome to this episode of the Soul Love Podcast, where we go deep on what it means to really live and love from the soul. We are your hosts, Gria. My name's Aaron, and we're a twin flame couple. And on this podcast, we're going to be sharing authentically from our journey in the hopes that you, the listener, will get some really clear insights and perhaps even some strategies on how you can live and love from the soul. Let's rock. Let's rock it. Woohoo. Yeah. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Soul Love Online Podcast. Today we have another interview, which is really exciting. Carlin Boyta, who is a sacred sexuality practitioner, a breath worker, and she has a lot of experience in conscious birthing and doulaism. Doularism, is that a word? Doularism, it is now. It is yeah. now. It's, it's, it's <laughs> online, so it, it must be. So welcome, Carlin. It's such a joy to have you. Um, so I met you last year in a workshop. You came to Tasmania and I uh, really resonated with your work and I had the good fortune of having a yoni mapping session with you last year, uh, which was amazing. And then I went, you went on to like give me private breath, breath work on, over, the, over the phone for a, a couple of months, which was also super, super powerful. But today we have you to talk, in to talk about conscious birthing and um, yeah, just kind of because we're only like 11 and a few weeks away from algae date for birthing, and um, it's pretty, we're starting to get pretty excited. Yeah? yeah, and we were driving in the car the other day, and I just really saw that as as much as um, up until now, I had kind of been thinking of well, I just call it birth now rather than labor, and I'd kind of been associating you know the labor aspect, but really seeing what an incredibly rare and exquisite and once or twice or thrice in a lifetime opportunity that we get to experience. So it's such an honor to have you on, to have a chat. And um, yeah, our intention is that those who listen, that they perhaps expand their, um, yeah, their understanding on what birth can be and for you to share any insights of what you've, you know, discovered and, and seen over the years that you think that if, you know, more women and, and more partners knew that that might actually create for a, much more spiritual, sacred experience rather than a Western, you know, hospitalised emergency style setting. So, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favourite areas, although I'm not working as a doula now. I was working for three or four years over in Edinburgh as a doula Mm -hmm. and I actually got into working directly with birth through breathwork because part of the training for breathwork was the the lineage of rebirthing breathwork, which interestingly, the founder passed away last week. Mm-hmm. But he, what he discovered through breathwork was he was able to go back to his birth experience and start to unravel himself from the imprints and the conditioning and the programming that was kind of laid into his deep psyche from that time, you know, from the actual birth experience conception gestation and then you know the Mm. uh, first three to seven years as well so and that's what uh that's the main thing he really shared with the world was how to kind of unravel yourself from that birth experience that may have been traumatic or may have left imprints that you're you're not aligned with you know Mm. and so after doing the training and having my clients for a few years i thought that I would really like to get involved with conscious birth because if we can support families and new beings coming onto the planet and welcoming welcoming them consciously, 
then it's less likely that they're going to need therapy later on. Yeah. And they'll be able to live this conscious life, maybe, you know, more in alignment with their truth and, and really fully incarnating in this body on this planet here and, you know, not, not feeling and living a life that feels kind of disconnected and traumatizing. Mm. So um, that was just a really amazing experience. And I feel really privileged to have supported, I think it was seven or eight children onto the planet Mm. and seven or eight families. And half of them were in the hospital and half of them were at home. So you got to see, I really got to see both of those worlds. Mm. Um, And Really, and and I'm a mother myself, so I went through that experience myself, which is which is incredible. And one of the, like you were saying, these unique opportunities for transformation that are they're unique because there's so much unpredictability that happens in there. Like we can plan and we can have all these ideas about how it's going to be and how it should be in our dreams, and then there's you know, we are opening ourselves up to creation and shit happens that we can't plan for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually I know of um heard from two women recently who both had, you know, really wanted a really natural birth and um, you know, no drugs, definitely no cesarean and all this stuff happened and then they've, you know, needed to go down that process. And it's been a really it's, it was really challenging for them to let to let go of that and to kind of almost forgive themselves is almost how they felt about it and coming to a sense of enoughness as a mother because especially if it's the first baby it's that first initiation and um yeah yeah so how did how did your experience so were you um was your work in the in doularism <laughs> popularly coined term doularism <laughs> <laughs> was that prior to you having your own birth yeah and how did yeah. that shape once you'd given birth, did that kind of influence your understanding in like in retrospect at all? Oh my God. I have to say that I am so glad that I saw the process of birth repeatedly. I saw the, you know, cause I was a birth and a postnatal doula. So I was, I journeyed with them through pregnancy, birth, and then afterwards as well. Mm. So there was something about seeing birth, and seeing a woman labor and being deeply connected with the families and the woman and the baby that sunk into my psyche and into my body and also kind of triggered a remembering of, of birth. And so when I went into, it was also, also having the experience, lots of experience with being able to use my breath through the birth experience um it really made a huge difference because i i knew the the sort of the flow and the con- the, the the feeling of the surges or the contractions and what my body was doing and so i was able to really also let go to that kind of cosmic aspect of 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 the birthing process and i think it's really been helpful to see birth and so I would encourage lots of women to, to watch the, you know, birthing films and birthing videos. So it starts to sink into the psyche because what we're, what we're shown in the media is not very healthy. And um, I was really annoyed with that. There was a birthing, some kind of hospital, like real 
real live what um reality tv show reality tv show that was all about you know going into hospitals and watching women birth and it was all dramatized and they only showed the really full-on stuff and it's like mm. that's that is not what we want to be putting into mm. our yeah. our people's minds because that's yeah. not it can sometimes be that way but it's often not as well mm. you know our bodies have this wisdom and they do our bodies do know what to do and especially when we've got lots of knowledge around it mm. sorry i'm digressing now but yes no, no, it's good. It, yeah. it's it helped a lot um seeing birth yeah and um one of the only things i would sort of like to say is that i think with with conscious with conscious birthing i think it's really good to know to be open to the fact that anything can happen and to be able to be in a position of knowing what's going to happen to your body, being in alignment with um, your birth support people and um, knowing that that actually the, the hospital environment and the midwives generally are there to help. You know, they're there to, to give support. So it's good to be open to the possibilities of all things that can happen through our birth and being in and in a place of empowerment where you can articulate or you have your support people there who can articulate so that if something goes in a way that you hadn't expected you've you feel like you've made an empowered choice even if that mm -hmm. choice is a cesarean that you didn't think you wanted to have or an epidural that you didn't think you wanted to have so mm -hmm. it's more about informed empowered choices that makes a huge mm -hmm. difference you know if we if we can't have the dream birth that we really, really, you know, ideally would love to have that at least we've made empowered choices around it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's a classic. I mean, one of the things that we hear from our um, female clients often is that um, the very common hesitancy within women to ask for what they want and to state their needs. And I can't think of a more prime and important uh, examples when that really is just so crucial and so important and a woman really has the right to ask for what she needs and to share yeah yeah and I imagine as a partner also because I've heard that um, you know for, for the partner it can be really hard because they feel like they can't really do anything so mm -hmm. yeah I'm interested also in this conversation and for you as we you know prepare for, for your first birth and you to share with with Carlin and with the listeners you know some of your some of the fears that have been coming into the birth and some of the things that you've moved through personally and, and then to get Carlin's kind of mm. into having witnessed birth. Because yeah. I think that'd be really helpful for people to hear because it's not a discussion that's often had publicly. So yeah. important. Mm. Yeah, Carlin, how would you, what advice would you give to uh, fathers in this situation in relation to conscious birthing? I would say get to know as much as possible about what's going to happen to your woman and her body and the birthing process. What, um, what I've witnessed is, and this is a generalization, what I've witnessed is that men generally tend to go into the, um, the practical mode of being able to get stuff done. Like they prepare the space and, you know, they, um, uh, they're able to kind of they they do all the things that help the environment to to be the positive birth environment. But if you but if if a man actually knows what's going to happen to his 
his partner's body and knows the the path that the that the child is going to take you've kind of got it in your head as well of, of what's actually happening when you're when your woman is in this space of that you've never seen her before and she's making these sounds and these movements and you're like instead of being i don't know what what the heck's going on here and i really don't know how to how to support this if you have if you watch some birth and if you know what's going to happen there'll be a part of you that can go okay all right i've seen this before and also in deep communication with your partner as well and a lot of intimacy so that when when things become really intense there's still that connection you know you can look in each other's eyes and even though there might be some times where you're like i really seriously don't know what to do here that connection is all that is needed that's all that required and she knows and you know and it's like okay we're gonna get through this you know and um so deepening intimacy having a really good practical knowledge of what's going to happen through the birth process seeing some birth understanding the birthing anatomy of your woman um and then and and really letting her know that you're traveling with her and that you've you've got her back and um it's also really great just on a side note is to really explore your own your own birth and your yeah your own birth process because it will be pretty triggering and remembering that it's um whatever's happened in your birth will from the deep psyche will you know it'll it'll come up for you so it's good to know and start to work with um your own what's happened in your own birth or sometimes this is for other people who've maybe had children with other with other have other children with different with a different uh, woman what happened in that birth and if there's anything to kind of work with or heal in that because yeah it's such a it's a transformational space that really does open up deep 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 realms of of consciousness in in all of us yeah mm. and that actually was leading in perfectly to my next question carla right. was um you know, i've explored a bit of rebirthing through different modalities you know body work and other healing modalities and um if I hadn't been on my conscious path, you know, of spiritual growth and healing, um, and because I've been facing some of these fears around the birth, even though mm. I'm not the one birthing, I can't it's, be it's so it's so <laughs> irrational. But you know, um, uh, for some, especially men who are not necessarily on the conscious path, like um, how is it that? our imprinting that we got from our birth mm. how is that carried over into experience and birth of our child because rationally it doesn't make a heap of sense it doesn't accept that what you're witnessing is triggering something within you something that hasn't yet been fully worked on so that's how triggers work you know we have our deep subconscious which is not in the, the conscious realm. It's not in our daily um, uh, awareness. It's operating from the, the murky depths from within. And that's what triggers do. You suddenly were like, what the heck? And you notice yourself um, uh, reacting in these ways that feel a bit mysterious. But actually, it's because there is things within you that, or within us that um, haven't yet been addressed. So if you have a traumatic birth, 
um, it's really good to explore that a little bit um, in some kind of ways. I've, I've had quite a lot of, um, quite a number of couples come and do some breath work with me specifically to work on the stuff that they don't want to hand down genetically to their um to their kids so they know that there's this, this stuff going on and and between them and or individually and they don't want to pass that on so they come and do some breath work before they conceive so they can work on some of that stuff so i think um for those of us who who are into really exploring our self-awareness and particularly around birth then We've got a bit of a, uh, a leg up there because we're already starting to process it. So we, we start to have a more expanded view of the environment and we can hold ourselves, even if we're triggered through, through this really amazing um, experience. And then I think with, um, we can just encourage our, our partners, our, our birth partners, our men to um, to, to try and find a way to hold themselves through through it. You know, if they don't, if they're not ready to look, this is why it's really good for um, for our men and our partners to have a practical idea of what's going to happen because at least they, at least there's some kind of knowledge and some kind of um, awareness of what's happening. And um, it's really also great to have things for them to do and ways that they can contribute to the birthing process so they might be really cool at being an advocate you know they might be really cool at you know standing up for what their woman has said that they really really want so they, they're a good protector of the space mm. they might be triggered as anything from their own stuff going on inside but they can go into that space of protector or you know space mm. creator or you know and they can really hold that space even though they might become aware of the fact that there's some stuff in themselves that they need to work with as well mm. i don't know if that answers your question i hope so <laughs> yeah yeah I, well i was pretty vague so um i was i think i was like 15 or 16 days late coming out and like my placenta had died the cord was around my neck my mum didn't think she could do it and it was just like this massive ordeal and I've done, you know, some work around it and I, I had, I went to do a rebirth experience with one lady and she said it was, it would be like too much for me to go through again. And so, you know, I've had, I've, and I've expressed this degree, I've had heaps of anxiety around the birth, not necessarily becoming a father. I'm actually really excited and cool about becoming a father, but the birth itself, I'm like, I've got a lot of anxiety and it's, I think it's just like so many unknowns and um and just the intensity of it all so yeah i really resonate with what you said around um getting to know some of the things that are going to happen because yeah i've been to an information night and sort of seen the different stages of the birth and what happens in those different stages yeah. and, um, and we watched a doco recently that had a few home births that i i saw more home because I think I'd seen one video of a birth and I've given birth to two babies. Yeah, yeah. I haven't witnessed a birth, you know, and so it was pretty full on for me to watch it as I was like, oh god! It reminds yeah. me this funny quote from um, what's his name? Rock DJ. He sings. I don't want to. Robbie rap. Williams. Robbie Williams. He was on the Ed Ed Norton. Isn't that is it Ed Norton? That funny. That he was on a TV show and he was talking about when his wife gave birth and he's quite he's quite a funny guy and he was just saying it's just like. 
I just felt like I was watching my favorite pub burn down. Like, <laughs> which I love. I just always remember that. And I remember hearing like prior to giving birth to my um, first daughter, I remember hearing that um, from someone, it was like my exchange auntie when I was a young teenager uh, saying that she, in her birth, no one had told her that most women poo during in, in their birth. And then that she did, she's like, oh my God, I think I just pooed myself. So I was, she told me that at like 17. I can't remember how she told me that. But I remember when I went into um, labour with, with Sophia, my elders, I remember saying to the midwives that, look, I've heard that women poo and so I'm just going to apologise now so if it happens I don't have to apologise. And it was so helpful. Like that was actually yeah. a really empowered thing for me to do. Mm. And then when I kind of knew that I was pooing, I was just like, okay, I'm pooing. There's just like an aspect of me that's like, okay, I'm just going to keep focus. And then the same thing with Pearl. Like I remember and, I, and this time I said, look, I'll poo. I'm just going to apologize now so I don't have to do it when, when, um, and that was a really powerful thing for me. And even for the men to know that they're probably going to witness that. And yeah. That. So that's, I guess that's some of those practical things and for the women to take away that shame. And even afterwards, like my labia looked different after I'd given birth. And again, I'm fortunate that I've had girlfriends who'd given birth before me that I was really close with that they'd told me that. So it wasn't like, because there's so much, um, <clears throat> shame and not enoughness and all of this sort of thing that can be brought up and um that yeah i just think that this type of discussion is really healthy i'm interested if there's anything else that you find that's a little bit taboo or not really spoken about and i'd also like to tap on just what i think about um the potential of orgasmic birth because again i'd never heard of that until uh, i was pregnant with my second baby and then i started looking at that and i could see how um that that could happen and I used to actually when I was breastfeeding her I used to have like mini what I now realize are almost like mini orgasms when I'd breastfeed my second baby and at the time I didn't really know what it was I just (laughs) going to this state and I'm like oh wow that's you know that's what that was so talking about some of these things that people might pretend aren't happening or might judge or anything that you feel would be really healthy to put out there on the table I think what um, I think what we need to remember is that sex created this, it, it's the precursor to the birth. <laughs> so to think that sexuality is excluded from birth is kind of, it's very taboo because we like to think that it's a separate thing, but it's not a separate thing at all. And actually, when you can be really intimate with your partner, kissing, um, breast fondling, nipple fondling, um, and you can um, actually go into that space of uh, sensual and sexual intimacy with your partner during the birth, during the labour and the birth process. It actually helps to release the uh, the chemicals and the hormones that are required to move the the birth process along in a really natural way. So the same place that we go to when we're having, when we move into orgasm and that state of expansion is exactly the same space that we start to need to go into when, when we're, when the contractions are happening and the baby is birthing. So um, it's kind of a a lot of conscious birth practice practitioners know this. A lot of midwives know this too, that the more intimacy, physical intimacy, um, that you can have with your partner really helps. Mm-hmm. So um, 
that's great to start setting that up prior to the birth process because you can imagine a woman's in the birth process and then the guy suddenly goes, oh, hang on a minute. If I fondle her breasts and try and kiss her, that'll help. You know, and she'll be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you need to kind of set it up. It needs to be a bit of a pre-frame that you're going to, you know, you start as you're getting closer and closer yeah. and closer into the um, end of the pregnancy that you start becoming really intimate mm -hmm. um, I highly recommend um, the the partners doing perennial massage on mm -hmm. their women because it, it helps to um, make you know make contact with the yoni and the vulva mm -hmm. that is going to to open up to bring the baby through but when it's the partner that's doing it there is this you can really go into this beautiful intimacy together mm -hmm. that really helps to to connect you so that when you go into the birth process together there is that physical intimacy that you're already really familiar with so that i would say would be a really uh, a, a beautiful thing to to start practicing or to to move into um, in terms of orgasmic birth it's possible it's also still pretty rare and i think that um uh, maybe I'll be saying something a bit controversial here, but I think that sometimes we can get very attached to um, to the dream of what we what the fantasy, the dream of what we want as a birth. So we want to think, oh, my body knows what to do, and it's possible for me to have an orgasm through birth, and and we can kind of latch on to that idea of how the birth should should go and how it should be and and that's when it if it starts to not go that way or if we start to have really strong sensations that we really don't know what to do with and it it kind of clicks our mind out of um out of that the dream and the and the and the idea of this orgasmic birth it can be a bit of a shake-up to the birthing woman and then the birthing environment and the birth partner Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's why I was saying before, it's really good to, to have all of that in our psyche. I think it's really important for us to see a woman having an orgasmic birth, to see natural births where the body just does its thing. It's really important to have that in our psyche. But then it's also really important to know that it may or may not go that way and to not be attached to one particular idea of how it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really helpful to to know that it, it could go anyway, and to have the to know as much information as you can, and to know what's happening in in the birthing environment, and who your birth support people are, and what that relationship's like, and mm. who's advocating for you, and so that so that, that it can be the best um, birthing and transformational experience that it possibly can be, even if that means a really long labor with complications and a cesarean and all the stuff that you kind of didn't think was going to happen. But Hey, you know, we, we made empowered choices, you know, and it was an amazing experience and we're grateful for this and we're grateful for that. And, mm. you know, yeah. yeah. So it's good not to attach onto any particular thing, but to definitely have the positive input and the positive kind of programs of what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. That, I, really, I love that. Um, do you recommend that kind of follows on, like, do you recommend birth visualization and, and that sort of thing? Or does that, can that lead to people just getting more attached to what they think should happen? 
No, I think birth visualization is great. I think it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, visual, it's visualizing how you want it to be is part of that kind of intentional manifesting process. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's just really that, not that attachment onto it, you know. And um, I think things like doing birth preparation classes with the hospital and then something of your choice that's a bit more like hypnobirthing or... Um, calm birth or other other things which give you a variety of um, you know preparation experiences for the birth definitely working out how to what the some breathing practices because you really do need the breath yeah I had and, some questions for you about the breath yep but yep. yep yeah so um, and for really it's it's really important for the the birth partner to uh, be there at all of those things all along the way so that mm. so that you're really connecting with with what's coming up for both of you the dreams and the the fears really so you can work together mm. yeah. yeah beautiful um so are there any particular or, or like if a woman was to um you know be pregnant and be preparing for birth are there like one or two breaths or like little little um hacks or tweaks or suggestions that you can make that you can you find can be really simple but really really powerful i think um as often as possible just being aware of the breath and starting to be familiar with how you use your breath so um and then having um learning how to open up the breath so even if a woman doesn't have access to um, be able to go and see a breath worker or whatever, just being able to sit and breathe really deeply and fully and have a lot of as much breath awareness as possible Mm -hmm. will make a really big difference. Because one thing that doesn't help through the birth process is, is is holding our breath really like Mm -hmm. being able to open up the breath and, you know, breathe in and out through, through, um, you know the the stages of the the birth mm. is is real it's really quite key so mm. even just a simple breath awareness practice on a daily level of mm-hmm. opening up that breath nice big deep full breaths and then really being able to let go because something will click in when they're when you go in the birth process and mm. you know it's quite distracting and lots of things going on that and the, the birth support person and the midwives will be encouraging you to breathe. So if you've got some kind of reference point that is anchored in, then yeah. you'll remember. That's yeah. good advice. Really and there is, is it, is it between the throat chakra and the cervix? Or there is like a really strong, I know that there are lots of connections and I think between the feet also is a, is a spot that's really important to relax in order to open up the, the vagina and the cervix. But are there other kind of little areas of the body that you find assist in that opening i would say like breathing into breathing into the whole torso so taking your awareness and the breath right down into the pelvic bowl and up into the chest because that's where everything is happening Mm -hmm. and when you can create space in that area it really helps the surges and the contractions to do what they know they need to do so um so when the surges and the contractions are happening, the, what normally happens, what the, it's sort of counterintuitive because we kind of want to go, 
with the contraction but actually what we need to do is try and open up the breath so that we create space in the body and then the contraction can do its job and move open the body and move the baby down and have you know get it into its right position so the baby knows where it's supposed to be the body knows where it's supposed to be where and the contraction knows what it's doing and so when we can use the breath to assist that um, it's really, really helpful. So that's why learning to do those big full breaths and, and being tuned into your pelvic bowl, your, your heart space, your throat space, that all of these um, places and help them to open up. And it's a really good thing to remember that during the contraction, when you want to bear down, kind of like because the contraction goes, <clears throat> you need to do the opposite of that and expand into it. So... It's kind of like the opposing forces, you know, that help mm. consciousness to, to open and come through. And what a powerful example of the way that the partner can support in terms of reminding yes. the woman who's yeah. birthing to open. I, although I remember my mum saying that, like, Dad was telling her to visualise the corkscrew, like being bobbing on the ocean, and she was just got just yelled at him, I don't want you to go to another. Nice. <laughs> nice. I really recommend some of the techniques in hypnobirthing too. There's lots of, they do lots of touch stuff that, that is very relaxing. So um, that it's lots of little triggers to know that when, you know, when the partner touches in a certain way, you've done this visualization process that takes you into a place of relaxation so you can rest. So that I really highly recommend calm birth or hypnobirthing. Um, because that's really good technique. So I found really helpful through the birth as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Aaron, I just wanted to, to, to mention to you to, um, sorry, I'm off topic again slightly. I'm just going back to what you were sharing before about your birth. And something to remember is that even though it was really intense and even though there was probably a lot of fear around it, you survived you know you made it through and that is something to remember that if your if your system starts to remember the trauma aspects of your birth find a way to use your breath as well in the same kind of way so that you can just start to integrate that actually you know it was traumatic but i survived i'm here i'm alive i'm alive and i'm very very conscious being living a very conscious life so despite what may have happened it's um it's just part of your process and you can really sort of integrate it and put it into a healthy place so i would even say um between now and the birth find ways to to keep working with it you know um don't there's even though that some fear might be triggered be able like face the fear because you're here <laughs> you're here like you're really here <laughs> you're fully here you know you're fully present you're a very present man on a path of with purpose so um yeah it's yeah, yeah. yeah you'll, be, thanks, you'll smash yeah. it <laughs> yeah I, it and like cognitively mentally i do tell myself like it's life it's totally natural and um and yeah I, I survived and yeah it's just like at that emotional level there's still like residue there so you know i just see it for what it is and and rather than like fearing it's there i just know that 
part of birthing our son is also rebirthing myself and absolutely yep. yeah yeah and finding so i don't know what techniques you use um or if there's um people you can go around to some practitioners to see to do some breath work with to take you into some of those emotional realms as well because you'll find that it's i think you'll find that you'll actually move through it um easier than than what you think maybe mm. i know yeah i know <laughs> yeah i know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fully yeah, do you have any other questions for Carl? Um, I do. It's uh, something I've uh, been brought to my awareness through my own healing journey is the cord being cut too soon and mm. was first brought to my awareness at a men's retreat that I participated in in Byron Bay and we did a healing around it and uh, sort of the philosophy that was shared in that space was that when the cords too cut is cut too early for a man that it creates this longing for the mother and the feminine in the mm. psyche so i was just wondering what information and you know knowledge you have around that on on a very uh physical level uh, the a lot of the nutrients the immunity the blood supply that is extremely nourishing to the new being is still coming through from the placenta after the birth. So, um, and if you kind of also imagine that, <clears throat> that the, the new little being has been traveling with this placenta and, and with this cord through this whole journey, you know, it's part of, it's almost part of its itself. So it would be kind of like, cutting off an arm to you know to cutting off an arm it's the the, the little baby has co-created this life giving um part of itself and so it's really important to make sure that that cord is has completely stopped pulsing and then you know that all of the blood all of the nutrients all of the immunity has the baby has received everything that it needs for its best start in life before it starts um even before it takes a breath and takes its um starts breastfeeding it's really really important and also because it is uh, a an ex it's still a very much an expanded consciousness this little person that when you cut that cord too soon it, it's it could be quite shocking and there is this longing not just for the mother and the feminine but a, a part of itself that it know <laughs> that it knows is incomplete you know it knows that there is this intelligence that it knows that it needs all that blood it needs all those nutrients it needs all that immunity let alone the psychological and the emotional and the spiritual effects that the cutting the cord too soon can have so it's really 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 important that the cord stops pulsing before it is cut and that it is cut in a really beautiful and respectful way so there is uh, lotus birth as well, where you can, have you looked into lotus birth, where they keep it all together? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so you actually keep that all connected until it comes away itself, you know? So there's that possibility. There's also the placenta encapsulation that, you know, you can have it, um, I think it's a traditional Chinese medicine way where it's dried out and you reconsume it or you can um, keep it for a little while and 
give it to your child who's a bit who you know when the illnesses come up so there's even more of that of the goodness and um that's that's passed on and, and kept happening mm. through through the postnatal period but yeah it's really it's really important um and the way that the 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 environment that the child enters into so regardless of where you are you know that kind of the dim lights not high drama um even if there's an emergency situation and people need to be um you know there needs to be a certain amount of focus and attention and they can it can still there can still be a calmness in the environment and not not this full-on fear and intensity and and kind of heaps of drama it can still just be this is what we need to do it's very important we're all staying calm there's a love in the room um but yeah so the 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 environment that the baby enters into is really important as well because that's what goes into our deep psyche which part you know becomes our part of our personality and identity as we and our behavior as we as we grow up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah we have we have looked into having lotus birth and i know that we feel like at least for the first 24 hours or so we'll we'll keep the placenta connected cool Um, do you do you have much experience with lotus birth and is there do you see there much um gain in you know keeping the placenta attached for the whole time as opposed to keeping it until just when the blood stops and you know do, have you uh, explored that much yourself i haven't explored it in depth um i watched there's a, D, a DVD. <laughs> there's a DVD that I watched on Lotus Birth where they kept the placenta for until it fell off, which was maybe five days afterwards. Um, and it was just a really, it was really, really beautiful to see how thoughtful and um, how beautiful and respectful that was. My purse, I think it's, it's, it is a personal choice. And it depends on how um, practical it is for you as well. So um, because you keep the placenta wrapped up and it needs to be taken care of because it's with the baby while you're breastfeeding. And so, you know, it's, it's got to be looked after properly. It's got to be salted and everything. And that may not be um, suitable to your postnatal um, uh, joy and happiness. So if you can do it, great if not the very 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 minimal thing is to wait till the cord stops pulsing now the cord will stop pulsing it can be anywhere up to um maybe an hour or two but you can still leave it on there for yeah a a good few hours until you you know the baby's breastfeeding well everything's cool Mm. and then it can be this beautiful gentle um removing of the of the cord and the placenta and i think i I do recommend having the placenta encapsulated and and having that at least that process or doing something really beautiful burying it with a tree under a tree or because it is part of the baby really yeah Yeah, beautiful Mm. Yeah. yeah thank you yeah amazing yeah that's great is there anything else that you wanted to share oh um I think just have as much information as you can. Um, 
create whoever your birthing partner or, you know, the place that you're going to have the, the birthing experience with, just be, just make that the most beautiful and nourishing um, relationships that you possibly can. And if there is anything that you're not sure of, or you don't feel right about, it's really important to speak up about it. And in terms of the couple, like really get on board with each other, really hear and communicate and be start to be really intimate with each other about fully what's going on. And I think it's really, really important that our, our men um, are not just seen as the people who provided the sperm and they're going to, the, they're going to do this stuff and they're going to kind of be there and you know that they're, they're part of this process and everything that's going on for them is really really important because it's going to influence um the family so mm-hmm. it's great aaron that you're being so aware of all of the things that are coming up for you because it's it's just as important as all of the things that are going to happen for gria and it's great when you can communicate and get intimate on that level as well, because then you really feel like a family and that you're connected and that you're doing this together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, yes. so, and also I'm taking that there's lots of like back drawing and arm drawing required over the next 11 weeks yeah. to really lock in that, those relaxation codes. Yeah. 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 Lots of, in, <laughs> lots of intimacy practices, lots yeah. of intimacy, you know, it's it's really important to get the oxytocin flowing and all those opening kind of yeah those juicy pleasurable orgasmic um hormones and energies that are really important to the process yeah and to your connection yeah Yeah, awesome (laughs) you know and also like after in the postnatal period as well that's when a lot of couples lose that intimacy because we're we're tired and we, you know, the baby's there and there's not enough time to be connected. But if you can just have a cuddle and sink into that knowing that, Oh, this is my, this is my partner. And when there's a time I'm so looking forward to getting it on with my, with you, you know, but literally it's like a two second cuddle and then the baby needs to be fed or, you know, it's puked or, you know, something weird's going on, but there's that, there's that constant vibe yeah. and environment that you, you're together. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow, so yeah. Um, thank you so much, Carl. And we'll put links to your website and your contact details and everything um, into the show notes so that those listeners connect with you. Thank you. And I look forward to having, I'm having, yeah, another journey mapping session with you in a couple of weeks, which Aaron's yes. Yes. And some some of those preparation moves, which will be awesome. Yeah, but maybe you want to come and have a breathwork session with me too. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. We can work directly with can, some of this stuff. Yeah, and as I said, I've worked with you in breathwork um on over, like remotely as well. So for those listening who do want to work with Carlin, because you're based near Byron, Mullumbimbi? Or where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Byron Mullum Mullum area, yeah. Come down to Tassie three or four times a year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you, Carlin. Thanks. Oh, thank you. It's so good to talk to you. Yeah. Hey there. We trust you've got value from this episode and we want to give you something. If you want even more value and a vibe of what we're putting out, we've got an epic free training called the Infinity Flow Model. This model is channeled directly through us and it is the core principle foundations of what we live on a daily basis that allows us to live our heart space desires and love from our soul. 
We'll put a link to that in the show notes, as well as a link to our online community of Awakening Souls, which really offers the space and the support to step into your truth, your power, and your heart. And all members receive access to two of our online courses. So check it out. And in the meantime, keep keep living living and loving from from the soul. soul.